podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got Welcome to another episode of Two Slips in a Gully, and holy cricket, is there enough to talk about for this episode? So strap yourselves in because we have plenty to do. Uh, it's just going to be the Aaron's with you this evening. G'day, Aaron. How are you? Welcome. We uh, yeah, we're a duet today. Uh, a squared, as they you know. yes, as we're commonly referred to. <laughs> Um, so we are going to have a chat about the Australian tour to Sri Lanka as we've got some T20s and one of the one days has just been done and currently Australia A is taking on Sri Lanka A. So there's a little bit to have a bit of a bit of a chinwag about there. Uh, England and New Zealand have peeled off two of the three test matches and uh, England just do like making us look dumb from time to time. Um, yeah, they seem to take, particularly when... You know, it's almost like the the pundits curse, isn't it? You get stuck into somebody, and they come out and play the innings of the of the decade. Essentially, I we were doing really well yeah. prediction wise. I think yeah. we, after after we the the border Gavaskar Trophy debacle, where we thought Australia's got this in the bag, and they just kept losing to India. I think we went on a run where we pretty much nailed almost all of our predictions. I'm sure someone will go back through our podcast and go, you actually said this in episode 92. And in the, I think on the whole we did pretty well. But this England-New Zealand series, we thought New Zealand would come out and um, yeah. really, from the get-go, stamp some authority. And the first test, there were some wobbles from England. But um, overall, England have, um, uh, have, have dominated this series when it really matters. They've won the, the big sessions and Absolutely. they've come away 2-0 two, two to, the, to the good. The, the thing that I found interesting, and I, I must admit being quite tired tonight because I stayed up and watched most of that, that innings from Stokes and Bairstow last night, um, the intent. Oh, yeah. The intent that they clearly had when they knocked the Kiwis over and said we only need 300, we've set this up essentially in a one-day format and we've got some really good guys who play really good one-day cricket. They went out from the start. Mm. Like, Zach probably got a good one. Okay, that happens to it to openers. Um, even Alex Lees was, you know, I guess in his brief test career he would be considered to be a little bit of a plotter. He was quite positive as well. Yep. Um, Joe Root doing Joe Root things, but a bit unlucky, I think, in the way he got out as well. Yeah, caught and bowled for not yeah. many. I think at that point, um, New Zealand would have thought they had half a chance. On oh, New Zealand, when they fall down, New Zealand thinking, we're right in this. We only need to get through Stokes and Bairstow, and there's a bit of a... I mean, they, a, a longish a, tail. A bit of a longish tail there. Um, the only mm. problem is you needed to get through Stokes and Bairstow. Um, <laughs> don't underestimate the role Ben Stokes played out there. And rounding off our episode, we're going to get into uh, more of our best all-time test teams. And this time, we're going to visit Sri Lanka and have a look at what um, Sri Lanka has offered in terms of some of their best, or what we consider to be their best test 11. Uh, And yeah, quite a few names that have Mm. popped up, and for a pretty short history as well, and one that you wouldn't necessarily consider to be a powerhouse of of cricket. They've they've come Um, out with some really big names. I would suggest to you that when you... We actually nut all this down. We get our final eleven. That's going to stack up very, very favourably, both statistics-wise and ability-wise, with any team that we're pretty much going to put out. Mm. They have produced some of the great players 
of Test cricket. I think one thing I like about Sri Lanka, and we'll, we'll nut into it more when we get into there, is um, they've had this ability to. It's not just been like a flash in the pan, like a golden generation. No. Like they've just stumbled upon like a you know a, a, a pool of players in this particular era that have done really well. They've actually generated some really big players um, over. A considerable period of time. And it's been, there's been an era, there's been like the Jaya Surya, Adam Patu, you know, um, Aravinda De Silva, um, a Ranatunga era, and then there was the Jaya Wardner, the Malinga, the Sangakara, you know, Rangana Harath era, and then, you know, Angel. Um, So they've just, they've had multiple spots of being successful at an international level. They won a World Cup in in 96 and then they've been to several world cup finals in the mid 2000s so they've and they've also won a t20 world cup as well and so. yeah and won a t20 world cup so it hasn't just sort of been like here's this golden generation of amazing cricketers and everything else has been desolate wasteland they've actually you can see that you know when they get it right they've actually got a, the ability to to produce good cricketers and it's yeah. just which means good things you know sri lanka are struggling right now yeah. but you know, there's there's there is a there's evidence of, there that yeah. they can turn the corner. Yeah, there's some evidence there with some of these young players they've got around at the moment, um, and particularly Hasaranga mm. is a fabulous cricketer. All right, so all of that cricket goodness is coming right up, and first off, we'll uh, we'll have to eat some humble pie and get stuck into the New Zealand uh, England Test series. Go on, straight down the throat of first slip. England versus New Zealand. So before our mini hiatus that we had, because I decided it was uh, the right time to go holidaying in the middle of winter up to Queensland where it's nice and warm, um, uh, we all predicted, I think 2-0 was what we said, 2-0 yeah, to two, New Zealand. 2-0 was the general consensus amongst the three of us. We figured that one of the games would be weather affected enough to end up being a draw and that New Zealand would be would have to be too good for, um, for the Poms. And uh, boy, were we wrong. Yes. Um, there was uh, well, it didn't start in good fashion for New Zealand. They were in the first test. They ended up being four for twelve. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> All the big guns gone: Latham gone, Williamson gone, Conway gone, um, Anderson and Broad running riots. Then uh, there was a bit of a mini sort of comeback, but all in all, they were dismissed for one hundred and thirty-two. And uh, the yes. new boy, Matthew Potts, getting a debut, ended up bagging four. And things are looking amazing for uh, English cricket. They've taken the world champions down, they've brought them to their knees, rolled them for under 150. And what does England do in reply? Well, England does England things, didn't they? <laughs> All out for 141. And it just took a matter of one day for the English media to turn around. I love the English English media. Like, ours is pretty bad yeah. when it comes to just ragging on our sports stars. Like, it doesn't take much to set our sports media off. But England's media is just a whole different animal. They, they, like, they don't need a drop of blood in the they're, water. They're prepared to make the cut themselves and get the blood in the water. I'm just imagining there's some sports writer for the age or the sun or, I don't know, whatever yeah, the English sports no writer, typing, and... And Ben Stokes and uh, McCullum are amazing, and they've ushered in a new era of. Oh, that's rude out. Oh, that's Stokes out. A those good folks has got mm. backs. English cricket is still completely useless. Like, he was an halfway through writing his article about how great they were before turning on him. I think think out of experience these days, they'd be writing two articles. 
I think so, yeah. you know, I mean, you write the you write the positive side, and you write the negative side, and it just depends which one correlates with the yeah. with the score that which one you press on the send button. I think I saw somewhere written on Twitter like the English crickets had more false dawns and new messiahs <laughs> than most religions. Um, yeah. I just loved it though. It was they ended up being knocked out for 141? And They're, quite frankly, we were pretty lucky to get 141. Really, mm. I mean, they had a couple of drop. There was a couple of drop chances there, I think, or half chances that didn't quite go to hand, and it could have quite easily been a, a total disaster again. Yeah, but uh, and then you know things got a little bit easier on um, you know the following day. Uh, Daryl Mitchell had a fantastic uh, hundred in the middle order, really held in, uh, New Zealand's innings together. Um, after it, England again had a really strong start, um, you know Potts, Anderson, and Broad all the destroyers again. Blundell created a. You know, it was a great uh, Robin to, to his Batman and really got uh, New Zealand in a position to dominate the game. And then um, one of the most astonishing overs I've seen in Test cricket where we had the, the team hat-trick. Yeah. Um, looking just completely at ease. Um, Broad takes a fantastic, uh, bowls a fantastic ball and gets um, uh, Daryl Mitchell out, caught folks. And then DeGrandhome comes on, survives an LBW shout, but just gets runs out, wanders out of his crease, and just gets the stumps thrown down after the ball ricochets. I think it was to uh, to Ollie Pope. Yeah, second slip or something. Yeah, Yeah. and he's just thrown, and he didn't get back. And then he comes in. uh, Kyle Jamison comes out, and Broad goes straight through the gate. Three and three, momentum completely swings. At that point, they were two hundred and. Two hundred in front, five yeah. wickets down. Batsman set, looking completely at ease, looking like giving England uh, a yeah, reasonable I, chase. It looked like, you know, it looked to me that if you got somewhere near three hundred, three twenty, that's going to be more than enough yeah. to give you the chance to bowl enough overs to bowl England out. Yeah. Even on what, oh, they had so much time left. Yeah. It was still day three at that point, so they had heaps of yeah. time. And yeah, Broad, Broad came on, bowled a fantastic spell, changed changed the game. Um, and then um, the, like, the the tail didn't really stand up too much. They got it done. Um, one of the boys that we've been calling for, Matt Parkinson, got his debut in that game as mm-hmm. well. Jack Leach was a concussion sub after going a bit too hard Jack early in the game. making another, put, another slice of history. Um, and, uh, yeah, wasn't it... it I've been called. We've all been calling for for Parkinson to get a run in the English side for a while, uh, and it was good to finally see him get there. Uh, seeing him live, full time, in person, I think there are some criticisms of his game. I, I think he's too one paced to yeah. to be a successful leg spinner. But then again, he's young and this is his first game, so there's plenty to learn. I think he needs to to learn a quicker ball. But I admire his tenacity about. I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to throw it up there. Yeah. My whole game is throwing it up there and spinning it big. Yeah. And at some point, and I'm he gonna, did yeah. spin it quite big. And and never like you know ended up going what so in the second innings, fifteen overs, one for forty seven. Yeah. So three and over it wasn't. Yeah, he's not exactly locking them down, but he's not going no. for heap of runs. No. And he was threatening. You know, he beat the bat a couple of times on a, on various batsmen, and. You can see why people are saying that he has a future. Mm. As I guess we're spoiled in that we really come from the, the country of leg spin, so we're very judgmental about leg spinners. There's a lot to like rule. about him. I just think moving forward, he's not going to get away with just bowling, no. you know, seventy-five kilometer per hour loopy no. leg spin for his whole career. He needs no. uh, he needs some more strings to his bow. He's, but I he, think he's his general quick. He gen, his general ball needs to be probably three or four k 
Hayes and Al Cooker, rather than 76 to 78, now he's been more like 80, 82, okay? So you're giving that, that, that fret through the air, okay? And I think if you find that he's getting it out a bit quicker, he's going to get a bit more rev on the ball as well, which will make him even more dangerous because he does bowl the big spinner. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem to have much of a of a other ball, like a wrong and a toppy. Uh, he bowled a couple, um, they got belted. But, you know, there was he, an... he's a work in progress, but you can see that, that there's certainly potential there. And well, surely I, he's I, got to be I, a better bet than, a, than a, 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 another journeyman English finger spinner. I, I, I said early on that I don't think he's much worse than Swepson. Like, no. I, if... if... If we traded Swepson for Parkinson, I don't think that we're getting a player that's much worse. Swepson's got some – he's better in other aspects. He's got other other balls to go to. Yeah. But um, I think that Parkinson's probably a touch more accurate and gets plenty of revs on the ball. So there's a lot of things to like about both of them. And I think he's a guy that they, they really need to get down to. When we start talking about the, the second test yeah. – um, when we talk about Jack Leach's production, I think that, the, yeah. that his days have got to surely, surely be numbered. But yeah. before we jump there, we'll go in and have a quick chat about the the fourth inning. So yeah. after England's bowlers did the job, and I think it was what two two seventy eight yeah, they ended yeah, to get two eighty. Um, again, you know the the new ball was key as is a theme throughout this um, this whole series so far. Yeah. Uh, and then it was well, England were were reeling. I think they were about. You know, four for sixty nine. Yeah, yeah, four for sixty nine. Going through the scorecard here, um, and they're thinking, "Wow, New Zealand have probably got enough on the board to get this done." And then Joe Root plays one one of the finest fourth innings hundreds. I think probably one of the best fourth innings hundreds I'll see for about a week until we talk about yeah. Johnny Pesto's fourth innings hundred. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he and uh, Stokes got together. Uh, and guided uh, England out of danger until, you know, Stokes ended up getting out, but there wasn't enough runs left on the board, and folks and Root yeah. got them home. Really big miss, um, Colin de home after being just hilariously run out and yielding all the momentum back to England, yeah. gets Ben Stokes out for two yeah. off a no ball. Mm-hmm. Just, it just make you cry as a captain. <laughs> well, this probably... You know, obviously, you don't want to be giving too many people too many chances. Oh, but Stokes to is be a guy giving, that... to be giving a guy like Ben Stokes a life when he's on two. He lives for these sort it's of moments. Like he he'd just be going right, and You're he was really going to pay for that. He was playing like an idiot at that point, charging mm. everything. He had about. Mm. He, I think he scored both of his two runs off big, thick inside edges that just sort of missed the stumps and just didn't look good at all yeah. and then got bowled and was just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? We're now, you know, five down for nothing mm-hmm. and then gets the reprieve and you could just see, like, the light went on and, yeah, and then yeah. not long after that, De Grandhome looked like he did an Achilles or something to that effect or a calf and, yeah. and, and that's, his, that's his day done, and one of the up. worst days of of. Test yeah. cricket anyone's had? Well, it's probably the sort of day that could end your career. Yeah. You know Especially I mean? with... He's not a young man either. And then when you look at uh, the guy they brought in for him for the second test, Bracewell, yeah. um, I thought he played really well. Oh, and especially yeah. New Zealand aren't going anywhere with really a front-line spinner. He's yeah. a guy that could... Because um, that's a, essentially what they used to grind home for. He's yeah. there just trundle in... Yeah. Get, let me rotate my quicks from the other end and yeah. you just don't do anything dumb and go for runs and we'll call it a win. And, yeah. and um, you know, bats at eight, 
I think he averages nearly 40 with the bat and 33 with the ball. And you're like, yeah, it's great. But um, Bracewell looks pretty good. He's young, actually bowls spin, so it gives you that that change. So, yeah, you're right. It could have some pretty drastic effects for um, Degron Times' immediate future. I think the thing is, too, like the the whole thing sort of reeks of very, very unprofessional, certainly the run out is just unforgivable, mm. you know, and it was a game-changing moment that was totally unnecessary, you know, and surely the first, your first instinct as a batsman is to be back in your crease, you know, wandering, because he wandered out of his yeah. crease. He wandered out of his crease. He like, had no idea where the ball had gone, and he's wandered out of his crease, and he oh, oh, jeez, I better get back. It's a bit late, mate. I mean, he was, he was run out by a fair way. It wasn't yeah, like a photo finish yeah. or anything like that. So It was one of the more... Brain fade-ish things I think I've ever seen on a cricket field. Really. I, I rate it up there as one of like not exactly the same because in the heat of the moment it was much much worse. But just yeah. Alan Donald forgetting to yeah. run yeah. in the in like the that, it's that that sort yeah. of level of brain fade. Just yeah. like what are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, and just yeah, and it did it, overall. It wasn't immediately apparent, but especially then when Broad goes and knocks over Jamison the next yeah. ball, when you've got three and three. And then Blundell gets uh, caught in front from Anderson not long after that. It's just, that's it. Like, England's, you know, they've got the whiff, they've sniffed the blood, they're coming after you. And one thing that we'll say, it's quite evident this is a side that doesn't just let the game meander and grind you out. They're a team that if they, you know, they they see a crack in the door, they're prepared to kick it in. Yeah, which is a a change, really, from a, a very, very negative mindset that they've, they've carried previously, um, obviously the influence of the new coach and the new captain. I mean, Ben Stokes, I wasn't overly impressed with his captaincy in the first test. He's got away with one there. Um, we'll talk about the second test shortly, but um, he's only going to get better. I thought he... I think having, he... having the influence of a guy like McCullum, who was one of the best captains going around, I, I kind of like how he did in the... Obviously, there wasn't, like... It's pretty easy to captain when you rock up and then you quick take all the wickets in the blink of an eye. Mm. But I didn't mind what he did in the second innings. I thought there were times when he needed to pull the right strings. He he mostly pulled the right strings. Like, when that partnership was forming between um, Blundell and Mitchell, he didn't, mm. he didn't just sort of let things stay the same, but he didn't panic and try and pull too many levers. He just sort of... No, there wasn't... Tried to, there wasn't, there wasn't the, I mean, one thing I think previous captains in, and probably Joe Root in particular has been guilty of is a very reactionary mm. approach to changing the field, trying to block off runs opportunities, changing your bowlers, and basically being on top of the game. Okay, There's, there was always an element of, I always felt Joe Root was five overs behind the game. You know, he, he should have been doing something five overs ago, ten overs ago, whatever it happened to be. The to start with, I think Stokes had that, certainly in his first innings. I think he was a bit, even though like they run through them and all, all that, you know, he's able to set attacking fields and stuff like that. I still didn't really, wasn't overly convinced with some of the moves that he made. The second test, which we'll talk about shortly, was a... Yeah, yeah. He, well, let's, let's he, talk about it now. So, yeah. so England come in through and they, they obviously take the first mm-hmm. test, five winning by five wickets and move to the second test. Now Kane Williamson has been ruled out due to COVID. Yeah. Um, and and this, is, this is a great test for, for England for entirely different reasons because the opposite happened. Rather than them knocking over the sides, um, 
you know, England are just an absolute disaster in the field. They put down so many chances. Mm-hmm. And um, bowled poorly. And bowled poorly. And New Zealand skip out to, what is it, 550 or the better part of, yeah, yeah 550 um, run lead, which you'd think at that point, well, you're, you're, aiming, you're aiming for a draw there. Mm-hmm. If, if England bat anywhere near that well, you're looking at a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and England did go and bat that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like we said, Mitchell again, back-to-back hundreds, mm-hmm. uh, big 190. Blundell got there as well. Those were the two that um, yeah, did the damage in the first test. They come back out. Blundell got to his 100. But um, it was a everyone got to start. Latham twenty six, Young forty seven, Conway forty six, Nichols thirty. Yeah, you know, one hundred and nineteen, one hundred and six. Bracewell got forty nine. Uh, Jamison hung around for a quick fire fourteen. Uh, Trent Bolt got sixteen not out. So like everyone got a bit of a start and got in and just put on that mammoth total. Yeah. Um, and then in return, um, England again batted really well. So Alex Lee has uh, made a sort of breakthrough 60. Um, Crawley uh, got, God, I don't think it was quite as good as his second innings ball, but um, he got out cheaply. But then Ollie Pope paying back with faith, big mm-hmm. 150, 145, and uh, batting a, at three. And a quality innings too. And a quick one yeah. as well. Like uh, I think that's what really made this test is yeah. Pope and Root got out and scored. Like Root, Root scored 176 at a strike rate of 83. Yeah. Hundred wasn't a hundred of hundred and fifteen balls for Jay Root. Yeah, something like that. That's, really. that's extraordinary pace in a Test match. And and it's this partnership, this Pope Root partnership, where yeah. they um, you know got together, put on big runs and quickly, yeah. which is what got England the chance to win this game. Because if, with if you score, because they ended up scoring. Five thirty nine yeah. versus five fifty three, and if you're sitting there thinking that, just listening to those numbers, you're like, "Well, that's going to be a draw. There's not enough time left in the game." But so. there was always plenty, of, plenty of time. New Zealand in the second innings needed to bat another session, but and like, but when you're looking at the history now of what actually happened, would another session really made that much of a difference? Because they canted home. Yeah, on the back of very um, special people who've listened to the podcast previously would be well aware of my thoughts about Johnny Bairstow. Um I'm sitting here with a massive big tub of humble pie <laughs> and a shovel, and I'm about to start shoveling it in because um, I've been watching cricket for a long time. But what I else? stayed up last night till two o'clock in the morning and watched this guy thrash these guys. Well, yeah, so New Zealand, I think, dropped the ball a bit. They got it. You know, Young got a start. Conway yeah. got a start. Mitchell got a 60-odd not out. They all ended up falling yeah. over for 284. They did. They made, really... a, they made a mess of it. In the, it towards, towards the end of their second innings, they made a real mess of it. Like, at that point, they, they've really got to be sitting there thinking, uh, we've got to keep the series alive. Yeah. Like, we're really behind the eight ball having to go and get England out to win this game. Yeah. Um, the, the most likely outcome... When they're starting that second innings, or with a, with a bit we, of a lead, is we bat them out of it, bat them out of the game, and then just make a fist of whatever happens. Yeah. Um, and, and they just, yeah, they just never seem to click in that second innings. And they, yeah, when England knock them over, and they're looking at three hundred runs, given their, you know, you know that McCullum's going to be going to go after it, mm-hmm. and you've got Stokes and Bairstow, who are fantastic one day players, Joe Root, who's a fantastic one day player. Um, sitting there, Crawley, who we know when he gets going, is a fairly free-flowing scorer. Yeah. Ollie Pope, who's just had yeah. that first innings where he scores his runs quickly. They're going to back themselves if they yeah. need to put the pedal down. Boy, did they put the pedal down. Um, yeah, 
we've all been calling for, well, not calling for, but not really agreeing with the selection of best. I was a guy, you know, your test average is only about 30-odd. You know, there's lots and lots of... Um, lots and lots of chances. there. Yeah. But, yeah, he came out and stood up big when England needed him, 136 off 92. Um, they needed 140 in the last session and chase it in just over 16 overs. It yeah, they needed, 100, they needed 140 in 33 overs and they got it in 17 or 16. Absurd. Uh, and Ben Stokes, can't forget him, a runner ball 75, which really helped get them home, hit the, the winning boundary as well. So, um, you know, Big, you know, first series win as captain uh, yeah. and really convincing as well yeah. when you're coming out going 300 in less than a day. Yeah. Well, they've chased down, they've down, now chased down two reasonable four innings totals in two games with positive attacking cricket from their best players. And I think that's going to be a big thing moving forward. We know England's got the bowling attack. Yeah. No one's ever doubted, even through Joe Root's era when they were struggling. Like, before Joe Root stepped down against the West Indies, so when Joe Root stepped down against the West Indies, they are stone motherless last yeah. in the World Test Ranking, the Test Championship Rankings. Yeah. They're just, and they've played a lot of tests. Yeah. Like, they're not like, oh, we haven't got that. They've played a lot well, of I think tests. they've won one out of 14 or something, wasn't it? One out of Yeah, 13. one and a draw, yeah. I think. They're, like, they have been awful. Yeah. And it's been off the back of the fact that their bowlers can't really mount any pressure because their batsmen keep letting us down. And these two tests, like, this is the, the world test champions from the last one, New Zealand, who yeah. are largely the same team. Um, there's been a couple of differences. No Ross Taylor. You know, Kane Williamson was missing. I don't think Kane Williamson makes that much of a difference to this game, to be honest. No, not New Zealand right. still went big in the first innings with the bat. The, the un- may the have secured the second yeah, innings. Yeah, I was going to say, only probably in the second innings, with his situational awareness, he would have been well aware of what what was required. He is short of runs, so there's no guarantee that he would have been that stabilising force. But for people to say that Kane Williamson's out, Overall, for his skill set, I don't think. I think what hurt the most was that they didn't have Kyle Jamison in the um, yeah. in the fourth hurt innings. Hurt him in the fourth innings, and some very questionable tactics. On, on but, I'm sorry. Look, if you're you're an international cricketer, you've been exposed. You've been on so many video screens. You've been analysed to death. Okay, now if you're a, 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 even like I was like us. We're going to bowl to Johnny Bairstow. When am I going to bowl to him? I'm going to bowl a length that's going to hit the top of his off stump or just nip away from, towards yeah. the fourth slip. Johnny Bairstow is you a do very... not bowl bounces at him. He's a well-established one-day international. Um, that was astonishing. Like, yeah. you know, and guys like Salvi, Tim Salvi doesn't intimidate you with a bouncer. Even Trent Bolt, who does the left arm over. <laughs> He was spotting them like flies mm. to the shortest boundary on the ground. And you can have two guys or three guys back on the leg side. It doesn't matter if he's hitting it 20 rows into the stands. And surely after that, he took 29 off one over. And you would have thought after that, you go, right, well, we're not going to bowl short to him anymore. The, the cat's out of the bag by then, man. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't really matter where you're bowling after that. You've given him... You've yeah. hit his on switch. Yeah, he's on. Yes, yeah. and it's over for you. And I think that's going to be that's got to be great for McCullum and Stokes. Is that yeah. the, these two games have been won in the fourth innings yeah. with great batting, and yes. which has been the Achilles heel of England for a while is they've just been an awful, awful batting side. Mm-hmm. And for three out of four innings of these tests, they've they've put together 
a, a good bat like the fourth innings in the first test. When was test. the last time you had what what have we got now? We've got five English five English centuries in two tests. When was the last time we seen that? That's been a long time. Mm. Okay, so you got Roots got two, you got Pope, you got Bearstow, and um wasn't there another one? No, no that's, so there's yeah. four. Well, four and some reasonable scores to go around that as yeah. well. That's the basis of having your bowling attack coming out and defend 350 or, or being able to set, bowl you out into a, a decent target to chase. Um, the, the only thing that's moving forward from here is obviously we've got Harry Brook in the background who will be chomping at the bit and now yeah. he's going, well, that's my summer done. I'm no chance of playing, yeah. <laughs> playing for England at the moment. But Zach Crawley, who I think has got the world at his feet if he gets it right, um, and again, is, it, it needs is, to... In this series, he's shown those little glimpses. Like, he played quite well in the first test. Yeah, the, um, when they were knocked over 140, he yeah. had 47 of them. Yeah. But he got himself out in a really dicky way in that again, first innings. Yeah. And I think that's a really big thing is, you know, you're an opener, you're going to get some good ones. The the fourth innings against Bolt, that was a great ball that got him yeah. out. Um, yeah, there's no... That Trent Bolt have done that to three hundred odd batsmen, the, mate. You know, it's like the fourth innings of the first test. It was a good ball that got him out. Yeah. But the first, both first innings, they weren't particularly good balls. That it was just being a bit too aggressive. And the thing you got to be careful is, as an opener in England, you're going to get good balls that got your name on them. So you can't be getting yourself out like that to the bad balls. Yeah. When you go and get forty odd and your team's struggling, you really need to sort of just sort yeah. of. You know, settle down and grind out a big score because that's how you get a, like a guy that should be averaging 45, 50 ends up averaging 35-ish because yeah. all those times that you get yourself in and you don't go well, you throw a 30 or a 40 away. Yeah. And then, like, even the best guys, Ponting, Sangakara, Lara, those guys get knocked over for not many yeah. all the time. Yeah. But what they did is when they got past that point, more often than not, yeah. they made you pay for it. And I think that's something that Crawley really needs to work. I think... The way they're looking at the moment, unless Crawley makes some substantial defensive changes to how he operates in England, he's going to be a guy that you can almost can't play at home. Yeah, He's going to be a guy, you bring him to South Africa, bring him to Australia where it's bouncy, yeah. um, and he, he take him to the West Indies, he should do well. But you'd yeah. almost be like, can we pick Crawley as an opener in England? Because there's now the evidence that he can't really play in England is starting to mount. And, yeah. um you know, he hasn't. He's got himself a prolonged chance off the back of. Well, let's face it. It wasn't a great Ashes tour, but there was enough to go. This kid's got to be to something. Yeah. But it wasn't like there were no hundreds. No. He didn't play the whole series. No. There was a couple of swashbuckling fifties on the slowest batting surface that no. we offered. Yeah. But outside of that, it was pretty lean. Went yeah. over and got decent score against the West Indies, but. You know, you, you haven't cemented that spot yet. That's still wide open. There's plenty of upside with Crawley, but um, yeah. there's only so much they're going to take you, you getting out for less than 10, yeah. and then you pay them back with a, a, a flashy 40 every now and then. You've got to turn those into big scores. So yeah. he's really, I think, for mine, got to put a decent score on. Listen, I'm not saying he has to score 100, but there's got to be a good score on in this next test because there's plenty and- of people breathing down his... Well, not many, plenty of people, but there's there, there's just a... There's going to be pressure on him from the hierarchy now to succeed because they're looking to play a certain way. And he and is the not, perfect and player he for is that. the perfect player for that. He's, he's a beautiful stroke player. Mm. Some of his offside shots are just, you know, sublimes the word. But there is that technical deficiency around about fourth stump with that ball that moves away from him. And you're going to get plenty of those in England. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a big test coming up. England will want to whitewash this to try and get their World Test Championship back on track. I do think, however, that it is too far gone for them, and this will put a massive dent in um, England's chance. I mean, New Zealand's chances to repeat. I, I believe if they yeah. don't get a, if they don't get something out of this. Yeah. Because that's now on not just on points but also percentage as well. So, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so it's it's going to be difficult. I, I do think at the moment, realistically speaking, I think that uh, there are some teams that are way too far ahead to be reeled in. But yeah. uh, it's no reason to to give up the ghost yet. No, and like I, I don't think we've seen the best of New Zealand in those two tests. They're a much better team than what they've shown. Yeah, they, they really they, look they, like they've, a, lacked, they've lacked consistency. They really look like a team that is sure to gallop, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. They don't like that team. Like in the middle of their domestic summer, when you come across the Kiwis in test matches, they're ready. To, they are a serious unit. Mm. But I just feel they're a bit underdone, and I was a bit disappointed in Latham. I rate, him, I rate him highly as a batsman. He didn't really stand up in the way that I would have hoped that he would have. Um, Mitchell and um, the other Tom. I actually, yeah, I, I actually, uh, yeah, Blundell. Blundell. I saw, I saw a great meme which was just this section of dirt road, and then there was like a patch of like pristine asphalt, and then our past it was in another section of dirt road, and it was like New Zealand openers. Mitchell and Blundell, yeah. New Zealand tail. And <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's, 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 that's right. fair at the moment. They both look quality players, don't they? Mm. Daryl Mitchell in particular looks a, a quality player. They both present the full face of the bat. Well, he um, yeah, looks like a natural yeah. successor to Ross Taylor, doesn't yeah. he? Just holding that middle order together. Yeah. Um, and the ability to go big as well, like 190, it was in his fourth test 100 or his fifth test 100 or something. Yeah. So, He's he's making re- pretty good scores. You know. Do you do you like the fact just before we move on to the next thing? Do you like the fact that they've got Conway at four after being a really great like you know he's got a double hundred opening the batting. Nothing against Will Young, but do you think that maybe Conway would be better suited batting at the top? Well, I think he's going to be a victim of his own success to a certain extent because he's shown the ability to float through the order. Um, you know, even like in these couple of Test matches, he's batted four. You know, he's still. He still looks the good, doesn't he? And like he'd be very disappointed in how he's got out a couple Cause, of times. Because I think like the, to get fifty and then to get out the way he did in the second innings, um, he'd be kicking himself. Because I think, well, for for his low scores anyway, he sort of like he came out in, in the the last tour, opened the batting, faced the Duke. We know the Duke doesn't swing prestigiously from the get go because you got to wait for the lacquer to come off. And I think by the time that the lack has come off. He's got his feet moving, his eyes in, he's feeling good, and he's yeah. compensating for all of that. But I think he's after because the, the the top order hasn't really fired, and he's, he's been going, exposed he's, to the Duke it, as it starts as it starts to really go. I'm yeah. not saying that's how he's necessarily got yeah. out, but he's sort of come in at a fairly yeah. difficult time. And yeah. normally you'd expect if your openers do their job and the number three does a job, he's just coming in and piling on. But I wonder if that's having a little bit to do with it that England are really starting to hit their straps right at the time that they're getting. Conway, who is, yeah. you know, in the absence of Williamson, is probably the key to that middle order at the moment. Um, and, yeah, if he was opening the batting, maybe he just sort of gets in, sets his, gets his time. And, and um, personally, I think they've found a little bit of a chink in his armour. If you have a look at him, he tends to really struggle with the ball that comes back to him late. He doesn't present the full face. 
And Broad in particular was really starting to hone in on that in that second inning. Oh, it doesn't take long for yeah. Broad to sort out a left-handed yeah. batsman, does and it? It's, and, it, and it's almost the opposite to what he was doing to Warner, mm. where he'd, tail it, he'd be pushing it in and tailing it away. With these ones, he was just bowling it and it was just ducking back off the scene. One, and one. he was in trouble quite a few times, Conway, because he, he tends to get himself in a position where he... With anything that's straight, he's looking to hit it through mid-on, which is fine. But if it's coming back really, really late, you don't want to be trying to hit it through anywhere except back from where it came from. Mm. Okay, and quite a few times he's hitting the inside edge of the bat. And they really honed in on it in that second innings, Broad in particular. But, I mean, it was obviously became a, you know, bowlers talk to one another. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah they all they all start having a crack at that. Plenty of footage about, especially yeah. when you're off going and playing in the IPL as well. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, not that I think he gets too many late sw- in-swings in, in the, the IPL. IPL. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. Final point before we move on, and just sort of a, you know, just a sh- chuckle to ourselves. Can you believe that Broad and Anderson were left out of the last tour? <laughs> um, no, in a word. <laughs> it, it is kind of amusing to think of that, you know, it was clearly the last act of desperate men before they all lost their jobs, wasn't yeah, it? Just <laughs> you know? Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, they, they give, they've given us fees. We're just going to leave them at home. Like we like to pay out on them coming out and their successes in Australia, but there's absolutely no doubt they're two of the finest bowlers that England's ever produced, and for them to not even make the squad to the West Indies was yeah. Just and we're going we're to have a look at the new boys, Wokes and Overton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wokes and Overton. That was the other thing. It's like, yeah. yeah, we're not leaving them out. We're leaving them out because they're not dropped. We're just going to go and look at some young blood and try to yeah. you know get some some youth. Oh yeah, we're going to pick Overton and Wokes. <laughs> right. Okay. Nice. And Ollie Robinson. <laughs> The pressure was too much. All right. Australia's back playing against Sri Lanka, so we thought we'd give these guys a bit of a quick chat. So we, uh, we've knocked out a three T20s, a one-dayer, and our Australia A boys are off doing a job as well, which is a bit exciting. Uh, so what have your thoughts so far from the, uh, from the series that's gone on over there? Anything that you've liked, anything you've disliked? No, look, I think it's it's basically been um, business as usual for the Australian T20 team. Um, they're ex- they're in an experimentation mode. They're still looking to see what the what their best eleven is going to be. Um, they played they did play quite well. Um, I was pleasing to see the captain get some runs. Um, apart from that, I mean, it's really we've done well to win the T20 series over there. I mean, any time you win a series over there, you've done quite well because it's very foreign to us. Um, the conditions. Um, and Sri Lanka are still a very good short form side. Yeah, exactly. We, so, look, it's kind of gone as expected, I think. You know, like, I, I figured I was I going to be 2-1 their way, 2-1 our way. It could have quite easily been 3-0 our way, except for that sensational inning. Oh, <laughs> in that, in, was it, it Shanaka? Yeah, Shanaka is. goodness. Like... This is the. I mean, this is one of the exciting developments in coming in at six and blasting fifty four off twenty five to get yeah. your team home. That is absurd. Yeah. And absurd. Like some, and like not just hitting the ball, hitting the ball out of the park. You know, like and walking to the crease. That's the evolution of the T Twenty game 
in a lot of ways is that the freedom that it's allowed batsmen to just walk in and they now practice it. Yeah, you've you got know. to be, especially you've in the middle order, you've yeah, got to be switched you've on. Got to be, you've got to be able to walk out and dispatch that first ball into the stands. Um, and the credit to him, he did exactly that. And we were, and quite frankly, our attack were bystanders. Oh, yeah. They were just like, powerless to stop him. Yeah, there was no, there was no stopping him. Once he got to about fifteen, um, with a couple of really, really clean hits, and you're going, oh, what's going on here? We need this guy out. And then by the time he faced fifteen balls, you oh. know, he, he was like thirty five or something, and the game is very, very quickly escaping from you. Poor Kane Richardson, though. My yeah. God. Yeah, well. I hardly see a bit worse meltdown than that. Yeah. One of the things I really like is, and I've been hypercritical, and again, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to go when things uh, are different and uh, have changed. I'm perfectly happy to say, yep, that's, that's not how I've called it. And we've been calling for Aaron Finch in Finch's head for a while, and is he really in Australia's best setup? And all of sort of this, and apparently he's had a bit of a chat with Dave Warner, and Dave Warner's given him some helpful tips around you know what some of the things he's doing wrong, and it's hard to say it doesn't work. I think this is one of the finest sort of series I've seen Aaron Finch have, and looks, um, and looks a better batsman. Looks like he's playing well again, yeah. as opposed to scratching around. And you know, I'm always concerned when you've got a, a, a mid thirties batsman talking about technical issues in international cricket. If you've got technical issues at 35. And I can see the technical changes he's made, and whoever's advised him needs to understand that they're not for the best. Yeah, they're, they're, he, they've really... And he's, he's, he's exposed his off stump so many times by and he's, poor footwork. And he's moving when he's hitting the ball a lot. Yeah. It hasn't worked. And Warner's basically said that. Why are you coming down? Just stand, stand still. your ground, stand still, and, and... Hit the ball. Hit the ball. And it's 61 off 40 in the first game. Yeah. Um, then he had... 24 off 13 in the second game, and then he had, I think it was 20-odd off, what do you have, 29 off 20 in the third game. Yeah. So two games where the, the, the first scores were, you know, or 20, you know, they're not great scores, 24 no. and 29, but I like the fact that it didn't take him a lot of balls to get there. No. Um, and he's, that, well, he's well into the plus runs against balls in, in all of his innings in that and looked confident yeah. again. That's the, that's the most assuring thing because he looks super confident in that twenty nine off twenty. He yeah. hits some brutal ones back, like nearly taking people's heads off and yeah. stuff, hitting the ball hard. And that's that's like him I, at his best. And I can deal with that Aaron Finch. I can deal with an Aaron Finch that might get me a fifteen off seven. I'm like, all right, well that sucked. You only got fifteen, but at yeah. least you weren't scratching around and looking like you could be out any ball. Like Finch looked confident. He looked happy. Yeah. He, he looked assertive. Uh, he looked like if you don't get him out, he could score a hundred yeah. like that. However, there was still the issues early in the innings of getting wrapped on the pads. Well, that's always like uh, Aaron Finch is never going to get if he's not got it out of his game now. He's not, even when he at the peak of his powers, number one ranked T Twenty batsman, number yeah. one ranked ODI batsman in the world. He was always getting hit on the pads. He was always getting cleaned up by any any in swing at yeah. all. If there was a slight breeze that made it deviate back towards him, it was going to bowl him like. Yeah. That's just sort of how you know how it was. I'm, I'm. That that's going to happen. That's but it was just when he was tinkering with things that just made him worse. Yeah. Um. So if this is the Aaron Finch that's going to come to the World Cup. Yeah. I'll shut up. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I still don't think he's does like he necessarily should be there. No. But if we're going to get this Aaron Finch, I'll live with this Aaron Finch at the yeah. World Cup. This is like this is what we need from our captain: uh-huh. assertive, fast, aggressive starts. You know, if he. 
if he flames out in the mid-20s, he flames out in the mid-20s. But what I don't want to see is him wasting six or seven balls to get to four One, or five yeah. and then just get out doing something dumb. Just yeah. come out, look assertive, look confident, hit the ball clean. If it pays off, we'll get 60-odd over the blink of an eye. If it doesn't pay off, yeah. well, at least it's going to be an exciting short innings and then we get three, four, five, six in. Yeah. Um, because I think like, if you're looking... It's starting to get a bit of a picture of what they're sort of looking for in the T20 squad. Um, he needs to be doing this because there's plenty of other guys out there who can come in and do it. Yeah. Okay. Travis Head must be sitting there thinking, oh, what the hell, you know? I don't know. Um, I don't necessarily know if Travis Head's right there as a T20 player, but like, I think he'll be he could be. T20 but he's got, he's, and, my God, hasn't he looked good? He had another 100 yeah, for the um, Australia A team. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, man. You're like, I, I I think that there is a, a very distinct possibility that at the end of this summer, well, maybe not. I don't think Aaron Finch, but I, I certainly think at the end of this summer we could be seeing the end of David Warner. Yeah, it would not I shock me at too. all. At the end of this, you know, we've had the World Cup, um, you won know, the home ashes, summer, we've yeah. won the Ashes, all that. Especially if we win a World Cup at home, I, I, I think maybe the lore of going to India straight after our home summer might keep him around. But it wouldn't shock me if he comes out and says, "Yeah, this is my last test." Because I think we play at Sydney again for our last test, which is yeah. his home test. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't shock me in the slightest for Warner to go. Thanks very much, guys. I've had enough, and I would love to see Travis Head come in and open the batting for Australia on a one day side. Um, on a regular basis. On a regular basis and take Warner's spot because yeah. what he's showing that he can do when he's just head down, bum up, let's hit the yeah. ball as hard as I can, yeah. is devastating. Devastating. Yeah. Um, he's really starting to become the player we always knew he could be, isn't yeah. he? I mean, I'm I'm very impressed with how well he's gone in Sri Lanka because their conditions that aren't necessarily going to suit him. And he has murdered these guys. He... Um, in the the limit the, the first class game Australia yeah. A he like, we got off to a really horrible start I don't know what the conditions are like but he did have a, a very brisk thirty or forty odd off a well, like very it, few it was a, he had a plus hundred strike rate like yeah. he was a, so it was probably we needed a bit more from him considering where we ended up yeah. but um, it looks like he's at least confident enough in those conditions that he could put some runs on the board, whereas he didn't look confident in Pakistan. No. So um, whatever difficulty he's had around those slow pitches, it looks like he's alleviated. Hopefully it's not just, I'm just slogging until I get out, and then he got out. But um, just pure numbers, that's a good look, and that was one of my concerns. If he's looking really like the pitches in the Pakistan did nothing. Yeah. And Travis they, Head they looked... They were absolutely appalling wickets for Test cricket. They but were. Travis Head couldn't get going, just couldn't... No. Just, and It's like he was spinning his wheels. Yeah, just exactly. Couldn't. Look, the slowness of the wickets was so was so hard for him to come to terms with because he is out in front of his body player. Mm. He likes to hit the ball on the up. Which, he hits the ball very powerfully in front of square and behind square. He likes that ball in front of him. Which and when what, it doesn't come on... Yeah, which is what concerned me going to Sri Lanka where it was probably going to be slow and, and, and do stuff. Yeah. So, um, But he's looked good in that in that first-class game, got some runs on the board. So hopefully it was a case of maybe just going off to one too many rather than I've got no idea what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. going to hit everything until I get out, yeah. uh, which is good to see. 
so we've still got four more one-day internationals to play. We've won the first one mm. uh, in the, over the Duckworth Lewis uh, system. Doesn't um, that always sound like some type of birth control? Like, <laughs> you know, the Duckworth, <laughs> Duckworth the Lewis. Duckworth Lewis system. Well, I think if you explain it to a woman long enough, it would work as birth control. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. It would be the best act, the best contraceptive she's ever heard of. Um, and it was. Uh, I thought it was a really great game. I, I, I thought uh, Sri Lanka batted really well and Australia yeah. did really well with the ball to just keep chipping away yeah. right when they looked like Sri Lanka's like, all right, they're settled yeah. now. They could really take the game from us. And, and then Pat from Warner or oh. something else and Stoinis, that arm. My oh, for the first one, that first oh. run out. Oh. That, that, that was getting a speeding ticket on any road in Australia that arm. Well, that was huge. Up. Like the, it was the 50 a, each from Nisanka, who, yeah. my God, looks like a good player. Yeah. He's going to be one seen, of them. We've seen a, a bit of the best of Kusal Mendes as well. Mm. He's a very good player who we haven't seen really go to the level. That's I mean, He's the player. Kusal Mendes is the player that hit that 150 yes. in, in South Africa yeah. with like nine wickets down. Everyone's like Ben Stokes. Oh, no, that's Kusal Pereira. Pereira, was it? No. Kusal Mendes... He, you probably, it's been a few years ago because he's been around for a while, but his first Test 100 was against us and he got 170 against a really high quality attack and made him look absolutely appalling. Like I think in There's 400 a in, a free, in a free match series and then it sort of dropped away a little bit. It seems to be part and parcel of a Sri Lankan cricketer at the moment is they'll have periods where they look like, oh, this is the next big superstar and then they yeah. sort of peter out a little bit and... Yeah. Like, just get them all to be superstars at the same time. Look yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at, you're looking through their ranks now with the guys who are playing in the T20 team, the guys who have got to play in one day. Because it's a pretty good one-day team, really. Mm. Um, just even based on numbers. It's a, it's a re- relatively good team, relatively strong team. You see the potential that's there. They haven't quite got their act together yet, but the potential is certainly there. And I... I can't speak highly enough of Hasaranga. What a player that guy is. Well, uh, Chris Silverwood has taken over as coach. The, that's where he's landed after being shunted from England, which I think is very good for Sri Lanka because Chris Silverwood was one of the, the, the big driving forces in that successful England one-day international side. Yeah. And one of the things he said, the criticisms he had, they were talking about it on commentary, was that he didn't think Sri Lanka had any gears. They just yeah. came out and played cricket. Yeah. Um, if they needed to gear down because things weren't going their way and, re- and they consolidate, yeah. they couldn't. And when it was like, all right, you're in a good position, let's let's turn it up. Yeah. They, just, they they just came out and they played. Yeah. And that was it. They came out and they were good players, but they knew how to play and that yeah. was it. There was no yeah. – and I think if that's probably a really good thing with – for, for that team, that young team to pick up, is if they then start learning how to, to click through the gears, especially after a good start they had well, in that they, one day. They did. They, they actually went through the gears very well. I thought they, they controlled their innings very, very well. Mendes played a great innings. I think and the then, only thing that really chipped them down is that uh, Australia kept picking up wickets at just yeah. the wrong time for Sri Lanka. Like yeah. they, they had a couple of really good partnerships, that opening partnership. We probably stopped them getting free 20. You know what I mean? Mm. They, they, were, they always looked like we were going to get over three hundred, and then we just sort of really pegged yeah. them back. And like I thought, I thought we ended up at three hundred. I thought it doesn't look like it, but I think we've done a really good job because yeah. that pitch wasn't really offering anything for our bowlers at all. It was always a hard slog. Yeah. Um, 
There just seemed to be enough in it but for the batsmen to be able to play their shots. Yeah. That wasn't so slow that you couldn't play your drives or, or your cuts or anything yeah, like you could that. Yeah, you could play it with confidence yeah. that the ball wasn't going to do too much wrong or yeah. it wasn't going to be low and slow. Yeah. And, yeah, we just did just a good enough job. It's like, you know, on this wicket, with the way they're playing, we'll take a runner ball yeah. and um, yeah. just got to make sure that the, the pitch doesn't deteriorate too much. Yeah for our innings and then there was a big rain break and yeah. I just think yeah it was just a great game of cricket because we had some really good innings like Finch had a good knock yeah. Smith had a great knock that was one of um, the better knocks that Smith's played in quite a while then yeah I know I'm really happy to see that because you tend to when Smith plays it just doesn't seem to be like a format thing it's just if yeah. Smith gets runs on the board yeah. it just it ebbs into all of his games Yeah, and he, he came off the back of that uh, that 30 odd off 20 balls or so batting at five in that last T20 yeah. we hadn't really had a great opportunity yeah. to, to bat in either of the first ones yeah. and then he's come out and scored that probably would have liked to have carried on and got Australia home but yeah. it was a good 50 odd um, and yeah it bleeds into the rest of his cricket so yeah. I think that means good things for Smith heading into the test series I, I'm, th- I'm thinking he's going to be highly highly motivated because he is a man who reads the press and if you Look at what's been in the press lately. Certainly, can, there seems to be a lot of comparison between Joe Root's made ten hundreds, while Smith and Coley and Williamson have made none. Mm. Now, out of those, it's a slightly there's a lot more cricket. Yeah. Joe Root's played a lot more. Cricket Joe Root has played so much more cricket than Kane Williamson for starters, because Kane Williamson hardly played a Test match for quite a while. Yeah. Um, Coley, I don't know what's happened to him. He became a vegan. Oh, that's obviously the problem. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, for a guy of his calibre to be so in the doldrums at the moment, it's extraordinary. I don't think I've ever seen such a, a dramatic drop in form for such a quality and it, and it's, player. And it's in everything. It's not yeah. just test cricket. He's, yeah. He can't find any form. In, like, there was talk, like, you ask people, younger people, who's the best one-day batsman of all time? Brad Coley. Yeah. And it's hard to argue when you look at the pure the pure numbers. The guy with averaging sixty at one point, like yeah. he was making one day international. He's got for forty fun. one day international. It is ridiculous. Like it, the correct answer is Vivian Richards, but Coley, I think, is yeah, he's definitely up there. And when you make that argument, you don't sound like a moron. No. And this is a guy that the wheels have just fallen off. Yeah. It is. Staggering. I think Smith's going to come back with a vengeance. And, like, we know that he likes playing in the subcontinent and really fronting up yeah. to the challenge of spin. And he he gets very highly motivated by comparisons like that. Mm. He's even said so himself. He reads he reads the press. He reads what people say. And he uses the motivation. You stick it up on the, you know, cut it out, cut the article out of the paper and stick it up on the, on yeah. the mirror and while read it every day. While he's shadow batting. Shadow batting. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, he'll be back. Before we jump into our Sri Lankan 11, I just thought it would be, be good to share it out because it's criticism we've had of him is how clutch was uh, Glenn Maxwell in that game. He was excellent. Uh, it's been a, a, a criticism of ours for his for, for a while as he scores big runs, but he sort of vanishes a lot when we need him. Now, there's been a few clutch knocks that he scored that, that we were talking about it before we started this segment, the the 100, part, the 100 that he got with... Um, Carry against England to win us that game, but um, overall, you'd say that Maxwell typically is not a clutch player. Not no. like Bevan, not like Simons, not no. like Doney, all those sort of guys. Yeah. So it was really good to see that we really needed a big class innings from Maxwell, mm. and he came through. And it was, it was special. And if we're getting that sort of Maxwell more often for mm. what we've got left of him, then mm. um, Australia is going to be very tough to beat. In because yeah. I imagine that he'll play. Can't see why he won't be in the. 
to the 2023 One Day International World Cup. So well, you would certainly hope so. I mean, he's the sort of player that, you, you know, he's made for One Day International cricket, really, isn't he? Mm. Um, and even like the other, other night, like in the in the first game, he bowled, what I said, he bowled very well. Mm. Um, I was kind of switching it on between the two and... I ended up getting hooked into the to the test cricket, obviously, because that's my my first love, even though Australia's playing. I, I cheated. I had the TV playing the one day or and, and the phone, the, and the phone down <laughs> here. Yeah, I, I don't have that concentration available <laughs> to me at midnight, so I just kind of focused on one. But he bowled very well Yeah, as well. Like He's he, always bowled better than what you, you'd think for a part-timer. Like, yeah. We used him as the sole spinner. Like we got away with it because the conditions didn't call for it in the 2015 World Cup. But yeah. Maxwell was our sole spinner for that yeah. series, so and and, and, did, and contributed significantly on quite a few occasions with the ball. <laughs> um, and if he's not the best fielder in the world, he's certainly right up there in the grand final with them. Yeah. Um, he's just absolutely outstanding as as a fielder. He brings so much to the team, and if he can start to make those clutch. Innings as like he did last night, then the, really the sky's the limit for what we can achieve because he's the sort of guy who you ride on the back of. Oh, if he's in form, mm. he can win you a World Cup off his own bat. Yeah, no problem at all with that because um, he will he will go out in the in the in, in the final and smash a hundred off sixty balls and then take three wickets and run someone out and yeah. you know he's take capable. a blinder and so yeah, yeah he's got he's got five dismissals, a hundred runs in the mm. blink of an eye and. Mm. That'll that'll do most most yeah, of the time. Yeah, exactly. So, um, more pe- more power to him and more of it, please, Lane. So, our uh, adventure into the best Test 11s by country has now finally reached uh, Sri Lanka. And I just talk about the top. This is a country that has been uh, fairly new to, to cricket. And if you talk about their historically, you know, it's been going around since, what, 1877. Yeah. And it's a fairly young nation in that sense in terms of its cricket history. Yeah. But it's... Salon played in previous World Cups before it became Sri Lanka. Mm. So they have a they had a history of cricket well before they actually changed their name to Sri Lanka. Yeah. So... Um, like, there's plenty of... Uh, yeah. like we were, you know, As we're going through and looking this up, there were plenty of, you would say, you know, Later aged cricketers that managed to make their debut when they finally got that. So, yeah. which is always a tricky thing when you're looking at these new nations and trying yeah. to figure out their best players. You know, found that a lot with you know with Zimbabwe and and um and and South Africa when they were readmitted. Is how many players that were astonishingly good cricketers that missed the boat and yeah. mainly managed to get a really brief part of their career yeah. in as you know, once they were, were admitted. But this is a country that is, is fairly young in terms of its cricket history, but already has has separate generations of Great of cricketers. success. Like, yeah. you, you know, you, when you first, you know, the, the entry into it and then the, the resurgence, well, not the resurgence, but I suppose their their ascension to the top of the pile in the mid-90s when they, you know... Under, were, under um, Arjuna Ranatunga when he was the, the guru of... And, 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 and set the format for how one-day games are to be played. Like, yes. they really just went out and went, well, there's only two blokes out in these first 15 overs. Yeah. Why don't we just hit everything for four and six? Yeah. Um, they did it. Yeah. Um, won them a World Cup. And then, you know, moving on from there, the, you then get guys like uh, Mirulithrun and... Uh, Sankakara. Sankakara. Yeah, so there's just, like I said, there's generations that they've, they've got this... 
this ability to keep churning out cricketers. It hasn't just been, we've struggled for a long, long time, and then bam, here are some really great cricketers, and then once they've retired, we struggle again. You know, there's always like three or four properly good cricketers, like not just for uh, for, for Sri Lanka, but world-class. World-class. Like Kumar Sangakara, if you wanted to make an argument to me that Kumar Sangakara was a better batsman than Sachin Tendulkar, I will listen to you because I wouldn't take me a lot to tip me in that direction. I mean, you know, I think overall the numbers for Tendulkar, you know, he played on probably three years longer, which sort of affected his average. But, mm. you know, Sumail Sangakara has an average of, what, 57? Yeah. Tendulkar, at his peak, didn't average what Sangakara ended up averaging. Tendulkar, I figured his best got to about 54, 55. Yeah. Um, over, and over a long, you know, period of time. So credit to him. Um, I... I rate Sangakara very highly. He's one of the finest players I've ever seen. Then you look, you've got Murali, who's, you know, you can say what you like about his action, but at the end of the day, it said he's got 800 test wickets next to his name. Um, You know, there's these are guys that right up across the board, all countries, all their peers, these are some of the people that appear right at the very top. And, And, like, how many, there's not a lot of countries around the world that have two players that have made over 10,000 test runs. And Sri Lanka's got two of them, <laughs> and they both played at the same time. Yeah, so they were they were pretty awesome. Dyna- I mean, what, what was that record partnership they made? It's so ridiculous, like six hundred or something in a test match. That's just absurd. I think that's what was really good about that Sri Lankan side is they timed some of these greats are coming out of the woodwork at the same time. Some might argue you might like them to stagger so you've got like a more consistent flow, but they sort of really capitalised on on the moment. You take it when you get it. Mm. You take it when you get it. And if you happen to have two worldy players in your in your top five, like you had for however many years, guys who make daddy, daddy hundreds. Oh, yeah. You know, ridiculous scores um, and consistently average well over 50 in pretty much every test series they ever play. Um, Jay Warden had a bit of a, a dry patch here at one stage, but he bounced right back as well. You know, oh, he, he was a fabulous player. Jay Warden was one of those guys where you, where you say to the little guy, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, and you go, <clears throat> and you point at Jai Warden because this is a guy that became a very, very good T20 player at yeah. the back end of his career. Yeah. And he was a guy that when you're watching him play test cricket one day cricket, you mm. wouldn't say that oh, this is a guy that's going to no. immediately take to the crash bang and yeah. of of T20 cricket, but he found a way to be effective. He was always working on his game and becoming better and better. You could argue that he wasn't that much, like there wasn't like a, I'm an old man drop off for for Jai Warden. No, he's just, the end of his career was, was as good as any part of his Mm. career. So he was, he's a fabulous player. Well, I suppose before we spend too much time just waxing lyrical, let's get to the point. So let's start with the top. We've got our openers. Who are we going to go with? So I think one of them is going to have to be Sanath Jayasuri. Um, I believe that's called a lock. <laughs> um, definitely. Because while well, I'm looking at Glenn's, um, I'm looking at mine. I know you. Um, <laughs> don't even bother. <laughs> uh, for those of you that are living under a rock and don't know, Sanath Jayasuri was, was one of the guys that, um, especially in the one-day game, helped he revolutionize. revolutionized the game. Um, and he played like that in, in, in Test Cricket, came and brought that really aggressive mindset, um, dashing, destructive, yeah. on his day, as good as anyone yeah. that has ever and walked out to the middle. He's one of those players who took a, quite a while to get his first Test 100. 
And once he did, hey. And, and on top I of that, I've seen him make a hundred against us, and it was just a ridiculous lie. You just couldn't bowl at him. Yeah. It didn't matter where you bowled. You just bowled at him. Just everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, is it more than handy at part-time off spinners? Yeah, what's, really what's his um? He's got one day. Bowling figures are something ridiculous, like 300 wickets or something like yeah. that, I think it was. It's, um, yeah, it's just, it was a freak of nature, especially in the one-day game, but... Um, he's, test, he's here for his test cricket, and he certainly deserves to be here. Oh, yeah, well, his test cricket, like, he averages 40 a, now, as an opener, as, especially mm. as an aggressive opener. Um, 340 is his top score, mm. 14 test hundreds, 34, almost 100 wickets, 34 with the ball. So, you know... Um, not as not as used as much in the test game where um, you know you're looking to have five bowling options minimum in a one day game so it became part of that 323 wickets is what he took in one day cricket mm. um, so yeah just yeah absolute like I said an absolute lock yeah um, I've got I think I know where you're going to go for the other opener and I'm leaning that way too but I felt like throwing a curveball in, just because I think he deserves to be talked about. Yes. I, I, I wouldn't take me much to be just told, no, Aaron, don't be silly. It's the other guy. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to start with my dark horse, and then we can talk about the guy who would, probably should be there, and that's Dimuth Kuranatne. Um On pure numbers, overall, has uh, a... a almost as impressive record as a guy that we're thinking of, mm-hmm. uh, charging hard for a, a rebuilding Sri Lankan side and is always up there in the, the world test. I think he's been the opener for the test team of the year, a couple of years running now. Yeah. He's a very, very good player. There's no doubt about that. And what I – I mean, I, I don't I don't ter- certainly discount his, his credentials for the team because – um, the, the only problem is that the guy who we think is we're going to put into the team is at one stage was probably the premier batsman in the world. Um, and I don't think Karuna Ratner's ever fallen really into that category. Um, he's a fine player, though. I've got no, you know, he's certainly a test-quality player. There's no doubt about that. And I think in the um, – because his current – his current ranking is five, and his best overall ranking for his career is is fifth yeah. in the the Test batting rankings, the ICC yeah. Test batting rating. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think he's going to miss out to this other guy that we're thinking of. But I just thought this guy has been a, a real faithful servant for Sri Lanka in a in a you know a side that's not doing very well. Yeah. Um, he's been he's been the one shining light in, in quite a. You know, like it's been but quite a few test matches, certainly over the last couple of years, where he's been the 100 and everybody else has been nothing. So um, he's been really the bulwark of, of them for for quite a while. And I don't think he's done yet. I think we did this, um, we did this ranking, well, this test 11 in a few more years. We might have more of an argument once both their careers are done. But, yeah, um, yeah he's... He's come on really strong the last few years as well. Yeah. So, he, and he's well, he's thirty three, thirty four, I think yeah. now. He's probably got a couple more years left where he can sort of pile on a few extra stats. Yeah. But I think the guy that we're going to give it to is, of course, Marvin Adipadu. Yeah, a fine player, maker of many, many daddy hundreds. Um, and let me let me give you a list of players. Yeah. 
Wally Hammond, Brian Lara, Donald Bradman. That list of players are the only human beings in the history of cricket that have scored more double hundreds than Marvin Adipadu. That is some serious company right there. (laughs) It's ridiculous company. When when you're talking best 11 of all time, um, you probably just got three of the the guys who'd be in that best 11 of all time, arguably. Oh, yeah. There'd be serious arguments to get those three in a... I mean, Wally Hammonds, you know, we'll talk about him when we we get to the English. Um, Marvin Adipati was a fantastic player. Yeah. He really was. And... um, just the the sheer productivity of him, I think, gets him over the line ahead of Karuna Ratna. He also is a guy that really struggled for consistency at the beginning of career, yeah. which I think when you're looking at a, in, at a snapshot of his career and go, oh, okay, he's got a career average of about 40 and da-da-da-da-da. Mm. He averaged go, about one after his first six test matches. Yeah, he really, really struggled. He went from a period because I wanted to break it down to, to, you know, obviously come a little bit more prepared than what Glenn normally comes. Yeah. He had a period from, I think it was about the end of 1999 to, I think, the end of 2004 where he scored the bulk of his hundreds yeah. and averaged 45 opening the batting. Yeah. Now, there's always been a big, you know, a criticism of subcontinent players. They don't typically travel well. And, like, this was in Australia, in England. Like, yeah. I think he averaged 50 for his career in England. Like, this is a guy that did very – and, like I said – once he got going, he no. didn't stop. He no. took he took some stop, and once he managed to get some runs on the board. So, no. um, yeah, uh, a fantastic player. I remember watching him as a very young kid coming over a few times, and then a, a little bit older, um, and scoring some some handy runs against Australia. He never no. really had a happy hunting ground against Australia. No, look, we, but, used, to, um, we used to who, sort, we who used did in that era? <laughs> yeah, we used to sort him out around about off stump. You know, guys like Brett Lee, Bowling Short, or Lanky outside off stump used to trouble him a little bit. But I think you know, Brett Lee, Bowling Short, sort of Lanky outside off stump to most players is going to be a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously dealing with the magnificent Glenn McGrath as well. I mean, you have to remember some of the guys who this guy played against as well. Oh, yeah, he would have been playing he, at the... He's playing at the peak of some of these all-time time, greats. Timed his career, like, yeah, probably for the... He would have caught the back end of Walsh and Ambrose. He would have caught uh, Wazim and Wackar yeah, yeah. and... and um, McGrath, McGrath and Gillespie, and all of these guys, Brett Lee, Shane Warne, Alan Donald. Alan, yeah, so he's making his runs against the cream of the cream. Uh, all right, I think we'll move to the the middle order, and I've, I don't think we any of us ran into any issues here. I think we've got three, four, five, maybe six, I'm thinking yeah. we might. Mine, mine three, six, four, five. From the discussions that we've had preliminary, because these you guys might know, Aaron and I work together, so you can imagine the conversations we have at work. Um, yeah, so I, I probably differ a little bit on who you may have as your number six. But cool. my, my number my number three, four, and five are pretty well, you know, I've carved them into stone. I'm thinking of getting them tattooed on my chest. <laughs> that's how that's how positive I am about those guys. So. All right. So let's stop me if I'm wrong. Kumar Sangakar at three. Uh-huh. Mahela Jai Warner at four. Uh-huh. Aravinda De Silva at five. Mahela J. Warner and Aravinda De Silva are interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. Oh, so you, no you, problem with that at so, all. So three, so three, four, and five are those three yeah, batsmen. Not a problem. Yep. Yeah, um, like we talked about it a lot at the, at the outset, Kumar, special players at Kumar and Mahela were. Yeah. Um, Angelo Matthews 
most people would think, considering the fact that the, the glut of runs that these guys have scored, when you go and ask people that have been watching cricket for a really long time, who's the best Sri Lankan batsman, they almost immediately respond with Aravinda De Silva. Yeah. He, I don't necessarily was, agree. I'm a bit younger. Yeah. But like when he's got that much of a following, you've no, got to know the guy was pretty he, special. He was an amazing player. He played shots. He played shots back in the day that we take for granted now. You know, like standing tall on your toes and smacking fast bowls over cover for six. You know, that's what he used to do. That was his game, and he had a very, yeah. he had a very, very interesting way of holding the bat. Yeah, you watch. Highlights. He was like a bit of an axeman with the bat. Okay, and he had a very, very interesting bottom hand grip. And anything that was any short, he used to just lash it. Oh, I have to say that most of my experience with Aravinda De Silva has been through the form of YouTube, and yeah. it just looked like uh, you're watching a video game sometimes, yeah. some of those highlights, the yeah. way that he just dispatches bowlers. Yeah, just was... like taking guys and, you know, bowling middle stump short of a length and dispatching them over square leg for six, you know, pivoting off his, off his back foot and just flicking people over, over the boundary. He was a great player. He has to be, for me, he has to be in the team. Yeah. Oh, I was never a doubt that it was going to be Aravinda De Silva. Yeah. All right. So number six is where we're going to where we're going to differ a little bit. So I've gone with Angelo Matthews. Well, actually, you surprised me because I thought you were going to go with Regina Runners. Oh, cool. We've worked each other out. Right. Okay. So um, I um, I have no problem with Angelo Matthews being in six, and particularly for the balance of the team. Um, I uh, I can see where, especially people coming from, uh, especially what Ranatunga meant to that era yeah. of um, of Sri Lankan cricket, I can see why there's a, a certain... Well, the reason I went with Angelo Matthews is because this guy... Um, He's a peak, fantastic player. Yeah, and through the, through the peak of his career, this guy was near enough to averaging 50. Yeah. And when you look at over the career averages, how many players average 50? 50. There are not many... There are not many. There are a stack of players that average between 35 and 45. Mm. But the amount of players that average over 50, this is a guy that two weeks ago just rattled off 199. <laughs> what is he, 35 years of age, playing yeah. for Sri Lanka at the moment? And has missed, a lot, has missed quite a considerable amount of his career through injury. And, okay? and, he's in, and his career has been hobbled because he was a very, very good medium pace bowler. Mm. He, do, he still trundles out the odd over every now and then, you know, very military medium. But at his peak, he was a fine all-rounder. And he's been around for a while. This is a guy that even with those injury problems has managed to not out 100, oh, sorry, 96 tests, so nearly yeah. 100 tests. He's currently sitting at 45, which is yeah. which is great. Like that's... <laughs> 45 is in the top echelon of test of test cricketers, mate. Mm. It is. It's simple, you know. 40, I mean, traditionally 40 was was the average you were looking for in test cricket. Anything above 40 was really, really good. Yeah. And in first class cricket, it's 50. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that's whether those standards still apply now. I think, actually, if you look over a period of time, batsmen's averages have actually dropped over a period of time. There's a lot more guys playing test cricket now who average somewhere between 30 and 40. Yeah, I would I would think with the advent of, uh, which is, could be, a, this could, well, I won't steer into this no, scheme. Because no, no, this no, be, I know that rabbit hole. But I think with the advent of more white ball cricket is, is impacting first class cricket. So that's, um, yeah. yeah, players are coming in more underdone. Yeah. But I know we gave Clive Lloyd uh, a go for our West Indies side based off what he meant as the captain. But he averaged 44, 45 as it was. And, and he, he, led a, he led a revolution. Yeah. He didn't just lead a cricket team. He led a revolution. 
And I know Ranatunga, you would say that for Sri Lanka was probably Clive Lloyd-esque what he meant yes. for that nation. But at the end of the day, Clive Lloyd still, I'm sorry, um, Ranatunga still only averaged about 36. Yeah. And, and too many 50s and not enough 100s. And for mine, that's a that's a big, like 36 is a, a not, you're a, you're a decent test cricketer at 36. Yeah. 45, you're, you're a loads. pretty special player. Yeah. So Clive Lloyd beat out. Guys like Evan and Weeks and um, people like that who had much better averages at four, but he's still an average of forty five. Where he's he's a, he's a, a special Test cricketer at forty five. I just don't think a very nice or you know, a good Test cricketer beats out someone who is averaging that. So that's why I went with um, Angelo Matthews over over Runner Tonga. If Runner Tonga probably averaged 40, 41. Yeah, he's got an I, argument. Though. I probably would have given him a and, go and, and over and Matthews. For me, his conversion rate in Test cricket needed to be better. Yeah, too many fifties and not enough hundreds from your number six is not what you want. And like this is when when Sri Lanka are probably arguably the peak of their powers as the Test nation. That was a mighty middle order when you had um, Sangakkara, Jai Wardner, and Angelo Matthews. Yeah. Um, all going about doing their thing. So, um, so yeah, okay, cool. Well, that's so far. So far, so good. We haven't differed anywhere. Um, my wicketkeeper, because I should have clarified that, we, I will not have Sangakara as my keeper in my team. I don't know how you feel necessarily about this, but I feel if we're picking Sangakara, it's got to be as a batsman. The guy averaged nearly 70 as a batsman, yeah. batting at three. That argument convinces me. Okay, I would have no problem with Sangakara being the wicketkeeper from the fact that you can play an extra bowler. Mm. However, if we're going to play Angelo Matthews at six, we don't need the extra bowl. So we play a traditional wicketkeeper and four bowls. So my traditional wicketkeeper that I've gone through might be a bit different because he's actually still playing. I think that it's uh, Dinesh Chandamal. You made a very good argument for him. Okay, my I remember Chandamal to me is a batsman. Okay, who he was going to be the next big thing in Sri Lankan cricket at one stage. Um, for whatever reason, hasn't quite worked out that way. But his record's very good, and he's, and he's keeping regularly. And there's no reason for him not to be considered to be a wicket keeper. Um, I would have no problem with that. My the only other person who's really in the mix for me would be Little Kalu Karana. His Test record's not great. He only averages twenty five, twenty six, but. What he brings with the bat is like something else, mm. and he was a very good wicketkeeper. I'd probably tip towards Kelly with Ramana if um, Chandamo was averaging less than 30, like between thirty and thirty-five. Yeah, but he's averaging forty, yeah. and I think that a forty coming at seven and Chandamo's like he's no he's no slowpoke. No. He 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 can come in and certainly has the strokes to. To, to play maybe not quite to that level of color with Rana, yeah. but um, he'll he could be a guy that plays that aggressive Gilchrist light yeah. role, uh-huh. batting at seven. You know, if um, you know, where five for three hundred and really need to get a wriggle on can come out and really put some pressure on the bowlers. Yeah. Like I didn't think about it. Like I was leaning towards Cali with Rana as well, and I was looking through trying to find out who some other you know. Prominent because I didn't want to because I know they had a lot of turnover in their wicketkeeper yeah, role after they yeah. took the gloves off off Sangakara. So lots of guys playing a few tests here and yeah. a few tests well, there. Dick Weller's been the one who's kind of cemented his place in the in the, the t- test team until recently when Chandamal sort of displaced him. Mm. Um, Chandamal, Chandamal would be in the team I think almost on numbers as a batsman alone. I mean his record's very very good. 
to compromise to play him as a wicketkeeper. But I think from the bat, because we always talk about the balance of the teams that we're picking. Yeah. You know, we're not just picking the 11 best players. We're picking a best 11 that we think can win anywhere. Yeah. Okay. And therefore, you've got to go with a guy who averages 40 as a keeper. And he's, a, and, he's, and he's never copped any criticism no. or massive criticism for his keeping. He's not no. necessarily the best wicketkeeper, but I feel that no. any... He's more than he's more than accomplished enough to be the keeper for the bowling attack that we're going to present. Mm. Because we, I'm, I don't know how you're learning, but I'm learning two, two seamers and two spinners, yeah. particularly of Angelo Matthews, because we're going to assume that Angelo Matthews is the all-rounder. Yeah, I and think. he's fit and healthy yeah. and can offer a little bit of military yeah. medium to, to yeah. get us out of trouble. Yeah, well, he's an end tire. He comes on and, and, and bogs down an end for you. That's basically all you, you're asking for from an Angelo Matthews. And yeah. with the sort of bowling attack that I've got and in you've my got, mind. And you've got Jai Suri as well to give you three legitimate spinning options. Yeah. So you might you might go through the two quicks might be enough because they're going to be playing half their games will be in Sri Lanka. So yeah. you need to pick an attack that uh, will suit those conditions. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go from there because I think none of their bowlers are much better with the bat than the others. <laughs> we can just go through. So let's let's do the um, let's do the spinners first. Uh, so I've gone with Muralithran and Arangana Harath. Yeah, well, I, to me, I'm, this is really difficult for me from a, a conscience point of view because I've always thought the Muralithran was massive cheap. Um, over a period of time, you accept that the guy's done what he's done, okay? He didn't make the rules... He just was a victim of them to a certain extent and then had whatever reasons that the ICC and the ruling bodies have had, they they deemed his action legal, fine. Well, they didn't hundred test wickets. Well, they says, didn't necessarily deem it legal. They changed the rules, rules to, to make, make it, it legal. legal. Well, whatever, whatever it happens, but that's not his fault. Yeah, he's okay. been he's been told these are the conditions you have to meet to be allowed to play test cricket. Yeah. Do you meet them? Well, yes. I do now. Yeah, and then went off and look what he's done. Eight hundred yeah. wickets. The um, only criticism I have of Murali is the massive hauls against Zimbabwe and Bangladesh, and you know, he didn't travel well to Australia. Oh no. No, like was he average seventy or something in Australia? Yeah. Um, but his overall record, he's the greatest wicket taker in Test cricket history. He demands to be picked. And Rangana Heriff, his second half of his career after Mural is gone, is as good as Murali's career. He he makes an argument as the best left best left arm spinner, orthodox spinner that's ever played. Yeah, he does. Um We'll get to that because we've got a couple. We've got a couple of teams coming up that had some fairly useful left arm spinners. But uh, yeah, Rangan Arath belongs right up there with the best of them. So yeah, I yeah. think I, to I honestly I found this eleven to be probably the easiest one that we picked. Uh, the only issues that I had were the second quick for Sri Lanka and um, well, that, that's where I kind of because Chamindavas to me is the premier Sri Lankan guy of all time. He was by, as, as much of a lock as Sangakara, wasn't yeah, he? He was just yeah. so simple to pick Chamindavas. Yeah, um, succeeded everywhere too. Yeah, succeeded everywhere. Succeeded in Australia. Succeeded in England, where uh, you wouldn't expect a Sri Lankan bowler to do so well. His record in England's quite brilliant, actually, if I remember correctly. Um, and succeeded everywhere. And was it nearly 400 test wickets? It's, you know, he picks himself. Yeah, it's just really, and like he's 
played for such a long time, left arm, you know, yeah. mostly the conditions that he played in shouldn't have suited him, but nah. he still managed to, uh, a way to, um, to to be successful. So yeah. uh, you were saying that, um, you know, where how he was doing overseas. So uh, Australia wasn't great. He averaged 40, but, you know, didn't go for a lot of runs and over, and he yeah. was playing against a very, very good Australian side. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just averaged less than 29, or 29 is what he averaged, um, 27 in in the West Indies when they were still pretty good, mm. you know, 26 in the subcontinent, yeah. you know, 22 in New Zealand. So, like, yeah, he's just yeah. all around the board, travelled, yeah. did a job. Yeah, a fine player, wonderful bowler. Ended up with 355 one, of the most, One of the most cunning bowlers I think that you're ever going to come across. The variations that the guy developed over his career, um, you know, he was, he was a superb player. Mm. He really was. Um, so we're basically down to the second pacer, and this is where we may have a little bit of a difference. Um, I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw in Rumesh Ratnayake. Well, actually, <laughs> we we're not going to because that's who I ended up with as well. Like yeah. uh, going back to the beginning, where um, you know, he was a, he was, was a very very awkward customer. Not real tall, wasn't a big guy, but a very sort of slingy action and generated really good pace and was the first real Sri Lankan. Pace bowler that I can remember seeing. Yeah, and um, like I think he had some issues towards the back end of his career with injury, which sort of yeah. ended up affecting his over. But he averaged in the mid thirties. Yeah. Um, really helped Sri Lanka establish themselves yeah. as as a legitimate test nation coming forward. Yeah. Um, you know, he only played the twenty three tests, but ended up with seventy three wickets. Yeah. Um, you know, always were talked about about extracting really good pace and really good yeah. bounce. Yeah. Um, and could swing the ball, which yeah, you know, had a good outswinger. I think that slingy sort of action helps an outswinger. You know, because you, you're sort of coming from back here and you bring your, your arm and your bo- right across your body in, the, in your action. So um, I remember him. He was quite a handful against a, a couple of really, really good Australian teams. Well, this is this for me, I had no idea about it. This was purely out of research and looking it up because I was I, – I, I would like to give a shout-out to uh, Saranga Lakma. Yeah, I think yes. that if, if we did – again, if we did this in a couple more years, he may jump that because yeah. – uh, Lackmal's overall record is 36. He's taken 170 wickets at, at 36. But since 2016, when he's really established himself as part of that Sri Lankan outfit, he's over half of his tests. I think he's played 77 tests. So since 2016, he's played 40 of them. Yeah. And he's taken 100 wickets at 30, yeah. which is good going for a Sri Lankan. 30 as, as a test bowler is passable. Yeah, that's we better than Brett Lee. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to be much more than that. Yeah. But... Yeah, if 30 makes you a very good test bowler, I think. Anything under that, you know, anything between 30 to 25, you, you're getting elite, and anything under 25, you're starting to get into um, pretty so, rarefied air. Yeah. But 100 wickets at 30 over, you know, 40-odd tests, that's a yeah. that's a fair career. That's nothing to – especially when you're playing a lot of them in the subcontinent. Yeah. So um, that was probably – that was the guy I was leaning towards. So I went back digging back through the stats and trying to find, you know. And I also looked up and sort of 
um, wanted to look at who other people thought they were, and mm. this was a guy that sort of popped up every now and then. So you know, trolled through YouTube, looked up stats, and went, "Yeah, this guy's actually yeah. pretty special." And when you consider sort of the history of you know yeah. coming in, you don't want to and you know, he, don't he embarrass was, yourself, and you want to establish the standard bearer for them when they first really come into Test cricket. He was the go-to guy, mm. and I can, I'm sure I, I can remember one innings in particular, and it might have been one of the first Tests they played in Hobart, or it was somewhere like that. And he got a fifer against us, and he ripped the shreds out of the Australian batting lineup, and it was a pretty good batting lineup. Um, I still distinctly remember that game because I remember his action. He had this; he was almost like a mini version of Jeff Thompson, but a, a little Jeff Thompson. You know what I mean? He wasn't like the big, strapping, broad-shouldered sort of fellow. He's probably not much bigger than me. Like a slingy sort yeah, of yeah, and a very, very slingy action, like almost from back behind here, you know, behind his back, and outswing. And he, I remember he got a haul against us one time and like I think almost won in the test match. Which would have been um, huge. And what it was huge. huge. Like we're talking early 80s, this is. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, was, I distinctly remember him. I remember him because he, he created issues for guys who I thought were really, really good batsmen. So mm-hmm. when you see a bowler creating issues for guys who you think are good batsmen, you go, oh, yeah, well, you're not too bad, are you, mate? Well, that kind of reminds me that that, that was sort of the things that made me stand up and notice um, exactly that, Muhammad Amir for the very first time. When he came out here, he yeah. was 17 years old and just made guys like Clark and Ponting and Watson who were just going through really like rich parts of their uh, yeah. form and just made them look average. And it's yeah. like, whoa, this kid has got it all to do. He's yeah. 17 and he's just he's tearing up the Australians at home. And then, yeah. obviously, what happened happened. And, yeah. But, yeah, I think, yeah, when you see a guy that shouldn't, we in your head you're thinking he shouldn't do he does. He, and he does. Yeah. It's um, the mark of a, of a special player. So I think, yeah, yeah he, he slips in for mine. But, yeah, I would like to say that Lackmel, I think, is a guy that has gone under the radar a little bit over yeah. the last few years. And, you know, if he keeps turning out, a good, I think he's only 32, 33 yeah. as well. So he's, you would got imagine a couple he, more years. he's got a couple more years in him. And if he continues on the trajectory he's at, he's going to have 230, 240 wickets at 28, 29. Mm. Because if you follow that trajectory down with his average, it continues on the on the downward slide that it's on now. He's okay. going to continue to take. And when wickets. you look at that, if he ends up with a career average of twenty eight, let's all twenty nine, that's only two worse than Stuart Broad, yeah. who has played over half of his career in, in England conditions or or Australia, which yeah. is pretty good for fast bowlers as well. So it's yeah. not like he's gone too far where he. Shouldn't be able to take wickets, and he he's up there, and and rightly so, considered one of the best bowlers that's in the, of the modern era. Yeah. And if Lack obviously he's not going to have the five hundred plus wicket total that that um Broad's that, that Broad's got, but that's probably due to you know there's lots of factors. Sri Lanka not playing as many games, maybe being rotated in the out of the side because of form. But if he ends up, you're looking at his career, and yeah, two hundred and thirty wickets at twenty seven over the course of say a uh, you know what a hundred te- or near enough yeah. to a hundred test career, um. You'll take no, that. that you'll, you'll take that, especially when you're looking at that's guys like Broad. In, yeah, that's getting up into like all-time sort of things for your country, isn't it? Mm. I mean, you, you're going to be one of the great fast bowlers of Sri Lanka if you end up with those sort of numbers, mate. Well, you know, that'd be – I honestly think at that point you're second only to Vast. Like, yeah. But, yeah, so there we go. That's it. That's 11 done. We've got yeah. another one knocked down. We thought – um, well, I mean, we must admit that it helps to have some – 
intimate knowledge of these guys. We've grown up watching them. Mm. You know, you've grown up watching most of these great Sri Lankan players. I'm a little bit older. I grew up watching the previous generation, the Aravinders. Yeah, and well, guys I like still that. caught a lot of um, of Jayasuri. He seemed to play forever almost, yeah. Jayasuri. He was still saw smashing a, people around at 38. It's just absurd. Saw a little bit of De Silva and a little bit of... Um, of Cal with Rana in the one, you know, they came out for the yeah. the, the one day, the yeah. tri series they used to do in Australia. You'd love them as a kid, yeah. but yeah, definitely got to see lots and lots of um, of Murali, lots and lots of Kumar and Mahela and Angelo. And I still remember the hundred and ninety that Kumar made in that test at Hobart. Oh, we oh. had that in the bag. Everyone, oh, it's, it's over. They're never going to win. And Kumar was like. I don't know about that, guys. And I think there was a come big, back and see me in seven hours. Ponting was sitting there at the big going. Um, oh, this is getting a bit. <laughs> this is getting a bit. This is a bit tight. Uh, Someone get this guy out. Sort of like, um, I, you, we did the, we did a, an episode ages and ages ago. Um, and it was we had to pick an eleven. <laughs> one, the guys love me for this one because I'm usually the one that drives these. Let's pick an eleven, uh, and it had to be an eleven made off your favourite innings that was at that batting position. Yeah. Um, that so, would have been a challenge. That yeah. one. And. Um, and there's so many great batsmen at three, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, he's they're like he's clearly going to pick a Ponting innings. It's mm. go, he's going to pick a, he's going to pick the 150 he scored at um, uh, uh, at, at uh, Trent Bridge, Trent Bridge yeah. um, it, to save the game or something." And I've just come out and went, "Kumar Sankara is 190." I'm and they're like, "What?" Yeah. Not even Ponting. I'm like, "Yeah, man, that was a special innings." Yeah. The only one that I would compare to that, like I like Ponting's 150 at at Trent Bridge. For me, Ponning's best innings, he got 200 or something. 200 odd. It was in that streak where he was just making double oh, hundreds yeah. of fun. But one of them, he made 206, uh, 250 or something it was. And I think it might have been against India. Yeah. And it was just, it was like. You talk about the one at the G? Yeah. When it was still being yeah. re, like, yeah. renovated? Yeah. yeah. And he kept and he kept it pops up on you on um, yeah. Facebook all the time yeah. as like highlights of that. And I'm like, yeah, I've got seven minutes that I can <laughs> I can stop everything and watch that. Yeah. yeah. Great. It was just like one of the best exhibitions of crossback shots I've ever seen. Oh, and just have you ever seen a guy look less interested in the opposition bowling attack? Yeah. Like, it was contempt, wasn't it? It's just, yeah, you guys cannot get me out. Yeah. Oh, you're coming in to run in again? Fine. All right, I'll hit that one for four too. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Uh, thank you for joining. We told you, we warned you, it was going to be a big episode because there was lots and lots of cricket to take care of. Um, but, yeah, so that's it. That's our Sri Lankan Test 11. We've yeah. got that one out of the way. It'll be up on the, it'll be up on the socials real soon. Um, uh, yeah, drop us. We're, we're loving these because we, yeah. get a bit of, we get a bit of bite back from guys. Yeah. And trust us, none of us are, none of us are upset by anyone no, sort of calling us out. We welcome your dissent. We welcome your debate. We welcome any valid points that you want to make. But make sure they're valid because we think ours are pretty valid. And we will argue till the, till the cows come home for most of our selections. None of what we're doing here is fought off off the top of our heads. Oh, people. maybe Glenn's a little bit. Even Glenn's like, oh, yeah. Glenn couldn't be here today because he's got other things to do, but he sent me a message saying, oh, I'm not going to be able to make this one. But really, he really last team. Really, no, he, he didn't have a team. <laughs> I asked him if he had an 11. He's gone, oh, well, off the top of my head without looking at stats. And I was like, we've had two and a half weeks <laughs> off. How have you not looked at anything? Like, yeah. Come on, of all the weeks that you had no excuse to not have homework done, yeah. Glenn, this was yeah, not one There's not of even them. a State of Origin game on. Come on. <laughs> so but most of them have been well-researched, but, uh, yeah, I don't think Glenn put a lot of effort into 
into Sri Lanka, which would be disappointing because he actually is a big fan of a lot of the the Sri Lankan players. Yeah. Oh, look, I think just looking at, at the at the team that's come off the top of his head, we were all pretty much going down the same path. He had a couple of different ones there. He's with me, I think, with Carlu. With Carlu, um, he's certainly with me in my thoughts about Murali. Um, oh, I'm right there with you. I, I like when it comes to the, the Murley v. Warren debates. I'm like, it's yeah. clearly Warren because Warren didn't have to have rules changed for him to allow him to yeah. actually bowl. Yeah. Um, you didn't spend two thirds of his career beating up on Bangladesh or yeah. Zimbabwe yeah. and spending almost his entire career in Sri Lanka where the ball spins a mile. And he had to let McGrath and Lee and Gillespie and all those guys take their wickets as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, at the end of the day, too, like if he only had if he had no arms, he wouldn't change the rules to allow a guy with no arms to bowl. Exactly. So and so we can we can we can go down that rabbit hole, and at some stage we probably will. It's but, not the, it's not the point of this. As it yeah. is right now, he's eight hundred wicket stand. He's one yeah. of the best bowlers that's ever lived, and yeah. he, he's a lock. For, he, he's yeah, the he's first guy picked for, for this time. Yeah. Um, we better do our research for next week because unless something happens, we're going to have a guest. We're actually going to get some English flavour onto our uh, onto our show because I think he's I, a very I, brave man. I feel that we need to even out the bias because uh, no matter how we cut it, we're pretty biased against the Poms. We are, and we're going to do we're going to do we're going to do the English best test team of all time next week, and we're going to have a guest on. He's another member of our cricket club who has played lots and lots of cricket in England, proudly English, coming over, and he's going to brave the two slips in the gully uh, gauntlet, and he's going to come in and offer uh, an English perspective yeah. on what he thinks and their side is. I'm actually fascinated to see what their perspective is on the on players, how we rate them and how they're actually rated in their eyes. He, I, I am the young pup of this podcast, and this guy is younger than me. I had a brief chat to him about it, and... I feel that he'll gravitate more towards some some younger players because in our chats that we've gravitated towards, you know, people that played before colour was invented yes. on the TV screens. So it'll be an interesting contrast. He'll have more first-hand knowledge of growing up with these guys and from a youth perspective. And, and to be fair to England, the, the younger generation largely has been pretty average for English cricket unless fairly, you're a bowler. Fairly disappointing, I would suggest. Um, but that brief period, the, the Strauss... Cook. Cook, Trot, Peterson Prince, um, sort of team that was good. Let's but, not forget Ian Bell in that conversation. Oh, yeah, Ian Bell is very he was, a, he was a fine player. But, yeah, so we're going to have uh, someone to even out our Australian bias for the uh, for the English Test Eleven. So make sure you don't miss that one. That one should be a doozy. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you for uh, listening to us rabbit on. That for a drag got a bit longer than you would have liked. Hopefully you're on a drive somewhere and it's got half of your, tra- half of your trip done. Um, until next week, um, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed our side. Let us know if there's anyone that we've you know criminally missed. I'm sure I'm sure Ranatunga will get uh, missing him. Will get a lot of a lot of chat. I hope that we've explained our position why he's missed out. I'm not saying he wasn't a, a very special player, but uh, I think that's one that's definitely going to get. Um, and I want to come back to this point again too. When we do these teams, we're not picking the eleven best players. We're picking a best 11. Yeah. A team that we feel will go out and compete on an equal playing field with anybody else. So we look at balance of the team, batting positions, roles that the players play. 
Okay, I'm sure in every team that we've had so far, you can make an argument to replace three or four of those players. But as a combination... Of course, things like their their stature in the side and their overall statistics and all that things come into account, like we said with Clive Lloyd. But, yeah, overall it's been... um, Yeah, we try to make it a balanced side. So we look forward to hearing from you. Um, And until then, bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.